Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at bite.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress, Channel 127. I'm John Fiegel saying thank you so much for being with us. Allow us to take you by the hand and lead you to nighttime. And let's put this day to bed, shall we? A lot happened today. I'm glad you're here. We got a great show tonight. We got, we, we've been doing a lot of terrific pre-tape interviews we'll be bringing to you. Just sat down today with former Olympic gold medal basketball player, former star of the New York Knicks, former legendary Democratic Senator Bill Bradley. He has a brand new film. It's a film that Spike Lee made of his one-man show that is premiering on Max this week. We're going to bring that interview to you later on, uh, Friday night, I believe. Uh, wow, Bill Bradley just turned 80. He's amazing. He's sensitive. He's brilliant. He's six foot five. It's a great conversation. And we have a lot of other fun things coming up, too. I think Dr. Phil is doing... Is that really happening? We're doing a town hall with Dr. Phil. We're going to have all kinds of guests. Confirm. They're not all old white guys either is confirmed who 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 knew but for the next three hours we've got our own guests here and we've got some of our favorites bob sesco will be joining us dr tracy pearson is here in hour number two uh hour number three rather hour number two it's uh our friends from the god squad pastor december rose keith giles Dylan Cruz. This week, we're going to do something kind of different. We're going to take on the concept of uh, these fundamentalist Christians or Christian nationalists or Christian Taliban or fake Christians, uh, Christo fascists, whatever you, you know, whatever you want to use uh, their claims of uh, biblical inerrancy. You can always tell someone's completely full of crap when they say they believe every word of the Bible is absolute literal fact and they follow every word of the Bible. That's how you know someone's lying to you. It's also how you know they haven't actually read the Bible. So we thought this would be a fun exercise tonight because y'all are going to have to deal with your right wing loved ones who haven't read the Bible and are going to tell you you're going to hell because of what they think is in it. Jesus against the death penalty, never against abortion. <laughs> Republicans aren't fans of what's actually in that book. So we thought, hey, this will be fun tonight. We're going to have a very special edition of the God Squad focusing on batshit Bible verses. We have our three theologians ready. I brought some of my favorites. We're going to bring to you our favorite 
absolutely batshit Bible verses that nobody follows, nobody believes, and nobody talks about all that much. Our show is produced by, well, the, the Mac is Chris Hauselt, our executive producer. Producer Thea Harper is running the show right out of Brooklyn. I come to you from Manhattan. There's a lot going on today. Uh, lawmakers in Utah are really afraid of diversity happening in their state. So they've joined 10 other conservative states enacting new legislation attacking diversity, equity, and inclusion programs in universities and government agencies. Man, the new racism is the denial of racism. And the new racism is being really freaked out by any policies or protests or words meant to counter racism. If you're more pissed off at anti-racism than you are at racism, we got a word for that. Also, FBI Director Christopher Wray updated Congress on America's defense against foreign cyber espionage, noting that hacker collectives in the Chinese government remain a major threat. They have the potential to knock out 80% of our grid. Premature pregnancies have gone up 12% in the last decade. Doctors in the CDC are calling it a growing crisis of infant health. So we're sure to hear a lot about transgender kids who want to play sports from the Republicans. And just in the last couple of hours, the House has passed a $78 billion tax bill in a rare bipartisan vote. They hate doing it. They're all bipartisan curious, but some of them are, you know, ashamed they don't want to give in to their bipartisan urges. They, they think being bipartisan makes them less of a man. And most importantly, they don't want the folks back home to know they've experimented with being bipartisan. So they'll deny it. But it's going to expand the child tax credit, restore some business tax breaks. Congratulations, guys. Get back to hating each other tomorrow. Let's have a show. <laughs> because the GOP has their election issue. And it's not inflation. They've given up on inflation because America is doing better recovering from inflation post-COVID than all of our G7 capitalist allies. They gave up on that. The gas prices gave up on that. They're not talking about Hunter Biden too much this week, are they? Have you heard much about the Biden crime family this week? They're not talking about Biden coming for your guns or he's coming for your gas stoves. That was last year. Or he's coming for your hamburgers. Remember that one? No. They're making the election about one thing, since they have no policies to run on, the border. And folks... If George Carlin were here, he would tell you it's bullshit and it's bad for you. Now, I'm not going to deny that there's a situation going on. More than six million migrants have entered the border under the Biden administration. Uh, 2.3 million have been released into this country to apply for asylum and wait for their case to be adjudicated. Now, there's a big debate, as you know. What, 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 why is this happening? Why are they rushing the border so hard now? Is it because of economic forces? Is it because they're they're scared of oppression back home? Is it because they think they have a nicer president in office? Well, there's a lot of information about that. But the U.S. economy is recovering faster than most nations after the pandemic. That's the reality Republicans don't want to talk about. And it's the reality that means we have a huge labor demand in this country right now. And for months our friends in the Republican Party are screaming, border security. Joe Biden is telling the illegals to come here because he wants open borders because he likes to have illegals and, and, and because they can't vote and the, the, the racist stuff. I mean, unauthorized border crossings have hit historic highs. Not lying about it. And five days last week, Border Patrol agents processed almost 50,000 migrants who entered to this country illegally. That's according to CBS. So Biden's caught in the middle on this, no matter what, Right. I mean, his administration has cut way back on deporting people who are already in the country illegally. They have more pathways to try to work and get permits here. Biden stopped building the damn wall and returned the money to the Pentagon. He stopped detaining families at the border. He's not deporting minors anymore. 
Um, but he's also lately been a lot more Trump-like. Actually, the whole time he's been kind of Trump-like. You know, and he's saying now that he, he, he kept Trump's COVID policies for immigration in place for a long time. He's saying the border's not secure. But see, he, he's being sued by immigration rights groups for making it harder for people to apply for asylum. A Democrat's always in a tough position on this. And usually Democrats throw the marginalized people under the bus to show the almighty white middle of America. I'm not too liberal. Not too leftist. Now, Republicans had decided a few months ago that immigration was going to be the issue. They think this is how they can hurt Joe Biden and help Donald Trump, because, again, they have no policies that'll make non-millionaires lives better to run on. No policies to help your life they can run on. So it's going to be brown people at the border, not the immigrants who overstay their visas, the majorities. <laughs> They'll never talk about the white illegal immigrants, brown people at the border, your house, your daughter. You get it. It's how it's always been. And Biden's vulnerable on this. I mean, in six of seven swing states in the new Bloomberg News poll out today, it was bad for this White House. If you believe polls, a majority of voters say they've seen more agreements over the last few years. And voters in all seven swing states say they trust Trump to be more cruel and shitty to migrants than Biden. And it's not even close. Now, here's the law in this country. Any foreign national who is on U.S. soil is allowed to claim asylum. That's our law. If you're not from here, but you're on our soil, you have the right to claim asylum. This means you could make the argument the federal government really can't limit asylum for people who've claimed it on our on our shores. But both the Trump administration and the Biden administration have put a lot of restrictions on asylum, even though the law says if you're on our land, you can you can apply for it. But Title 42 and the Migrant Protection Protocols, remember that, remain in Mexico? Biden kept that going for a couple of years. These Trump border policies were all about the idea of you, you bounce them back to Mexico, bounce them back to their home countries. You just kick them out right away. Or you hear their asylum claims, but you force them to wait outside of the country. And under the Biden administration, they've had an app. People can apply while they're waiting somewhere in a camp in Mexico. Now, Trump's going to win the Republican nomination. By scaring people about immigrants, saying they're poisoning the blood of our country, literally using Hitler language. And you're going to have to watch out because fascists will always use this kind of language to attack whatever marginalized minority they've decided to scare the majority with this decade. When Biden ran in 2020, he was going to be more humane. But was the border crossings have gone higher? He said the government should be able to block people from entering the border if it's overwhelmed. And that's what the bipartisan bill that's been negotiated in the Senate for months was supposed to do. And Joe Biden said last week, if given that authority, I would use it the day I sign the bill into law. <sighs> so you've probably already heard Republicans on the House Homeland Security Committee uh, have no idea how to help, but they want to help Donald Trump. So they approved two articles of impeachment against the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Baseless, just to help Trump look tough before the election. This is all designed to scare people as Mike Johnson dismisses any ideas that he's trying to kill the bipartisan border deal because Donald Trump demanded it last week. So the committee voted today, 18 to 15, strict party lines to approve this impeachment resolution, which accuses Mayorkas of willful refusal to comply with immigration laws and breaching public trust. They might vote next week to impeach him. And it's really stupid. It's bullshit and it's bad for you, as George would tell us. It was a stunt. I mean, look at the Constitution. The standard for impeachment is high crimes and misdemeanors, like treason or bribery. Mayorkas is a cabinet secretary who's carrying out the current policy. No one's even accused him of crimes. 
They're just trying to impeach him because they don't like the policy. So here's how Speaker Mike Johnson speaking today on the border. A guy who pretends to be Christian but doesn't want to welcome the stranger because there's no room at the inn and stay the fuck away from the manger. Here he is accusing Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas of negligence worthy of impeachment. Where in the world is Secretary Mayorkas on all of this? He is the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. It's his responsibility to prevent these harmful drugs from flowing into our country and to secure that border. And he's done nothing of the sort. As we've heard from Border Patrol agents, he's doing exactly the opposite. He's, he's handicapping law enforcement. He's limiting their ability to catch narcotics like fentanyl. He's making it virtually impossible. <laughs> they say in their own words, and they told us down on the border at Eagle Pass, it's impossible to do the job that they were trained to do. Okay, you know what? The right-wing guys always send me this meme. More people on the FBI terror watch list have been arrested at the border this fiscal year than the previous six years combined. And I'm like, thanks, Biden. I, wow, they're doing their job. You telling me that they've caught this many people at the border tells me your claims of open borders are a lie. But we'll get to that in a second. And so today... For hours, Democrats mocked it as a sham. They explained why there's no legal basis to do this. Republicans just campaigned. And here's Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer in the other half of Congress. He's got a pretty different take on the House impeachment attempt. Last night, while most Americans were fast asleep, a House committee voted to advance the absurd effort to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The Republican House majority is moving forward with the sham impeachment effort despite producing no evidence that Secretary Mayorkas has committed any crime. House Republicans have not shown that he has violated the Constitution. House Republicans have failed to present any evidence of anything resembling an impeachable offense. Instead, what House Republicans are doing by advancing the sham impeachment effort is denigrating our Constitution, all for the sake of appeasing one person and one person only, Donald Trump. And he's right. So here, my friends, the top five reasons the Republican Party is full of shit on immigration. This has got nothing to do with defending Joe Biden. Okay, Joe Biden tried to be more compassionate. Now he's trying to be more authoritarian on it. He's going to do what he's going to do to try to keep his job. Um, You can criticize Joe Biden for being one way than being the other way. I understand how Democrats try to get elected. The point is, you can criticize Biden's policies, but... Only a fool or a racist, and I repeat myself, would believe Republicans on this issue. Number one, Mayorkas, look at this impeachment today. This is the surest sign they're full of shit. They don't want to pass a law anymore with Democrats to crack down on illegal crossings of the border. Republicans are trying to impeach the cabinet official who oversees people crossing the border. They don't want to make it better. They want a crisis they can run on. Congressman Seth Magaziner from Rhode Island said the Constitution is very specific. The grounds for impeachment are treason, bribery, or other high crimes or misdemeanors. There's no treason alleged or mentioned. There's no bribery, no high crimes. Congress has the power to impeach presidents or cabinet officials, yes. But cabinet officials are never impeached because they're, they're just implementing the president's policies. This is nothing but politics. It's not going to help the border crisis. It's not going to help the lives of a single American. It's bullshit. Number two, the sign that they're full of crap on this. These senators have announced they're almost ready to release the bipartisan deal. And it's so bipartisan, they include Kristen Sinema addressing border security. This is what Republicans have been calling for for years. For years, they've been calling it. They've been saying we need to have a bill, right? I'm going to quote them on this. 
But now they don't. Now they don't want one. Trump has killed it. He's done it. After four months of negotiations, the Senate is abandoning their bipartisan border security deal because Trump has urged the Republican Party to reject the Senate deal. He he says only accept the House deal that the House passed, which has no prospect of ever being passed. Republicans are saying, and the trolls are saying, they passed the bill. You can do it. The House can do it. Republicans did it. And it's as racist as you can imagine. So these Republicans are cowards, right? They're caught. They're terrified of crossing Trump because they're weak. And they're terrified of looking weak on these issues they promised the folks back home they would address. All of these Republicans, and I'm going to quote them all, have said, we got to have a law. We got to have legislation on this. So now the Republicans who said, well, I'm not going to vote for Ukraine if I don't have a border bill. Well, now those same people are saying, I don't like the border bill, so screw Ukraine. Putin is happy. And that's where all roads end. Number three, Donald Trump just said, a border bill is not necessary to stop the flow at the border. Okay, he said this. Close the southern border. No bill necessary. Mike Johnson said over the weekend, President Biden falsely claimed he needs Congress to pass a new law to allow him to close the southern border. Ted Cruz, my favorite, said we don't need a border bill. He said this last week. Uh, Kirstie Noem said we don't need new laws. We need a president who enforces the laws. You've heard all this crap. Marco Rubio, we don't need a new law to secure the border. This crisis would end instantly if Biden just fully reinstated the Trump policies. Blah, blah, blah. Never mind many of those Trump policies were overturned by courts afterwards. But these same Republicans who were saying we need a law are now running away from it. And it's Congress's job to change border laws, not the president, not the secretary of Homeland Security. Congress is supposed to pass legislation that provides funding to change the laws. And our law says if you're on our soil, you can make a claim for asylum. I didn't write it. They don't want to change it. And you see these jackasses posting these memes nonstop that say, oh, well, more terror, more terrorists coming in here. More terrorists are coming in here. Again, I say, thanks, Biden. If they're catching more terrorists at the border, then it's not an open border. And you might be confused why the Republican Party keeps talking about Biden's open border policies. It's a lie. Reagan wanted open borders. He used the words. He gave amnesty, used the word. We now know that disinformation about open border policies is helping spur a massive wave of Central American migrants to take the journey to the U.S.-Mexico border. This is a poll from America's Voice, which is a national advocacy group. And this was in the Dallas Morning News. And it shows many Central American people are encouraged to travel up to the U.S.-Mexico border because they heard we have open borders. One in four Central American respondents said they've heard the border is open. One in five said they've heard the term open borders. Homeland Security said in September the number of people expelled from the U.S. has increased. Since May 12th, they had removed 253,000 people, up from 180,000. Now, again, this was a poll of people in Central America, Honduras, Guatemala, Nicaragua, El Salvador. And Media Matters tracked a video database to see who used the term open borders. Fox News said the word 3,842 times from November of 2020 through last summer. Newsmax mentioned open borders 3,257 times, and the human smugglers amplified the open border message to lure these vulnerable folks who are already facing corrupt governments or violence or political instability to come here. It's a racket. Republicans say open borders so much, and people think we have open borders. And then you've got a crisis created by Republican lies. And finally, number five, the biggest sign they're full of shit. And I say it every night. The Republican Party will never go after the cause of border crossings. Americans who hire undocumented immigrants. 
They'll never do it. You could stop the border crossings tomorrow. You could put these people in jail and border crossings would dry up within a month and our economy would collapse. Meat would be too expensive. Produce would be too expensive. Agriculture would have to start paying a living wage to American citizens. And that wouldn't happen. Your prices would go up. Republicans know this, and that's why Republicans will never demand the easiest way to stop all border crossings. You start locking up those white motherfuckers who are dangling all those jobs and put up a big help wanted sign in our border. Do that and watch. No one will cross. And they won't do it. (laughs) And again, no one wants them to do it. Because if you drove every undocumented immigrant out of here, a salad would cost $75. A burger would cost $50. And at the end of the day, we're all part of that hypocrisy. Democrats won't talk about it either. But you could close the border without firing a shot. Take down the help wanted sign. None of them want to do it. Remember back in 2017 and 2018, that two-year period when Republicans controlled the White House and the House and the Senate, and they fixed immigration? Remember that? Back when they passed infrastructure? Well, they didn't, but they talked about it a lot. In fact, Donald Trump said back in 2018, the only long-term solution to the crisis, the only way to ensure the endurance of our nation as a sovereign country is for Congress to overcome open borders obstruction. A few months later, he said Democrats must change our immigration laws right now. And they all said it when there was a Republican president, Ted Cruz, July 2019. I will continue to work tirelessly in Congress to convince my Democratic colleagues that we have a serious crisis on the border and that they need work with Republicans to take action now. It's irresponsible, it's unjust, and it's heartless to ignore this ongoing crisis. Boy, a lot of the Republicans were saying we had a border crisis when Donald Trump was president. Marco Rubio, we got to change our asylum laws. Mike Johnson said, he said we have to close the loopholes. Um, He said in February of this year, our immigration system is broken. Reforming that system is a job for Congress. Mike Johnson, the guy I just played you a minute ago, saying it's not the job of Congress. Steve Scalise in 2019. It's a broken system needs to be fixed. If it takes congressional action, you need to change a law. And again, even if Trump's presidency had a crisis that required Congress to pass new laws, you can't argue now that all you need is a president with the will to sign some executive orders. When Trump was president, you were saying we need new laws. This is the Republicans. Crisis at the border. We're being invaded. Democrats, let's pass some laws and fund the infrastructure. Republicans, no, we want to impeach the Secretary of State and blame Joe Biden. And the reality is the average Republican voter is gullible enough to believe this bad for you bullshit. They don't want to solve the border problem. Don't forget it. And don't let your right wing people intimidate you. This is their number one campaign tactic. Scare white people into thinking brown people are coming to take their jobs and marry their daughters and murder them because they're bored on Friday. If we did pass legislation to fix the problems of the border, they'd have nothing to run on, except we'd prefer to have a dictator here. Folks, Dobbs backfired on them. Every state where abortion rights have been specifically on the ballot has voted to protect abortion rights. They can't run anymore in attacking the economy. They've given up on Hunter Biden. But Hunter Biden's doing fine and the economy's doing better. All they've got is scaring you about brown people and trans kids who want to play sports. We want to know what you think. We're at 866-997-4748. Quick break. We'll be back in just a moment with our good friend, the great Bob Seska. This is SiriusXM Progress. Hi, 
there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. So friends, I hope you'll join me on my audio podcast, Justice Matters. You care about ethics in government, criminal justice reform, a conflict-free federal judiciary? I thought so. On Justice Matters, we take on issues involving the need to reform our government and its institutions. And we talk about real, achievable reform. I hope you'll join us. Look for Justice Matters wherever you usually get your podcasts. I'm John Fugelsang. This is SiriusXM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748. I'm so pleased to welcome Bob Seska back to the show. I sit around all week waiting for Wednesdays to crawl in here. Bob is a superstar on the Stephanie Miller Show. He does great weekly columns uh, at his Patreon, patreon.com slash Show. He is the host of the Bob Seska Show, which is one of the grooviest, smartest podcasts to deal with both cool music and politics. He also hosts Trek Politics with our friend Mary Trump that you really need because that's something that serves both hemispheres of your brain. Bob Sesco, welcome back to Sirius XM. Thanks so much, John. You know, uh, just dovetailing for what you were uh, just saying in the previous segment, I just noticed this from Tristan Snell on Twitter. Another example of Republicans only doing what's politically expedient and canceling everything else. Uh, congressional Republicans are also holding up a federal tax relief package so they can try to hurt Joe Biden. Senator Grassley said, I think passing a tax bill that makes the president look good, mailing out checks before the election means he could be reelected. So naturally, they're they're opposed to tax relief. John, the Republicans are opposed to tax relief because it <laughs> might help the other guy. That's it. That's, That's what it. they're all about. It's the same with the immigration uh, legislation that they were working on. They, they can't have yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And that's and it. I mean, a, they don't they don't no. care. They don't want to do anything about it. They can't. Mm -hmm. If they do their jobs, they risk losing their jobs. And you know right. what? I'm really curious to see if the Democrats can get through to the American people that they're a bunch of glorified do nothings, because literally, I mean, I just in the last segment, Bob, I ran a, I read a bunch of quotes from these Republicans when Donald Trump was president. And they all called it a border crisis. Ted Cruz kept calling it a border crisis. And they all kept saying, Democrats have to craft legislation with us. It's all we can do. And then I read the quotes of them now under a Democratic president where they're all saying, you don't need a law from Congress. Only the president can fix this right now. So, you know, it's like I'm fine with criticizing Joe Biden on things, but there's no reason to ever believe any member of Congress on any issue pertaining to uh, the border. And this whole right. impeachment of Mayorkas is just... I mean, it's just a clown show. Oh, yeah. 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 And in fact, specific to that, this is this clown show you're talking about. It's entirely about the clown show. 
because they don't have the votes to impeach anybody. I mean, anybody from the Biden administration, that's not going to happen because they've got so many, uh, well, at least enough Republican members of Congress who uh, exist in Joe Biden districts and, and districts that Joe Biden won in 2020. And there's no way they're going to vote to support an impeachment like this. So, you know, it's the, the same thing we're going to see all over again, like with the speaker, the various speaker races that we've seen in, in the House of Representatives, where they just don't have the votes to do all the crazy shit that the rodeo clown caucus wants to do and then the stuff that they should be doing they simply can't do it because they refuse to do it which is incredible i mean the immigration thing it's almost as though they want donald trump to lose it's almost as though they want to lose some of them do majority in the house yeah i mean it's they're practically sabotaging him and i understand that it was donald trump who convinced republican leadership on the hill to walk away from this immigration legislation, but it's going to damage him. Trump always makes things worse for Trump is, is the always. thing that and I'm always observing. Him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so Donald Trump is... has me praising Mitt Romney, Bob. But I mean, Mitt Romney came out last week as an <laughs> eyewitness to the Mitch yeah. McConnell meeting and said it and said, Donald Trump has made us abandon the border deal we have spent months crafting. Right. So between this border deal and this uh, tax relief bill, I mean, the the two main things the Republican Party is all about, you know, immigration, going after brown people and also cutting taxes. These are the two things that they're walking away from. And so every time Donald Trump or some member of Congress brings it up in a debate or on the stump or something like that or in a press conference, they can come back by saying, well, why are you walking away from this legislation? Like with the immigration deal, Donald Trump said, well, it's, it's better to have no deal than a bad deal. Well, if he's if he's so confident he's going to be president next year, why not pass this one and then make it even better next year and then stamp his name on it like he does with everything else? Yeah. Uh, but if, it's yeah. A cri- if it's a crisis, if it's a crisis, then if it can wait 12 months till January of 2025, <laughs> right. it can't by definition be a crisis. And yeah. that only means Donald Trump wants 12 months of open borders for the same reason he wants to abandon the same reason he wants the economy to crash. It'll help him. He's on the record for both of those things. Well, fingers crossed that swing voters see through all of this, and I hope they do. It's very, very clear what's going on. And I I think this will have a a positive impact for Joe Biden, a positive impact for the Democrats, negative impact in terms of getting anything done between now and then. But ultimately, we save democracy as the end game. Well, we'll see. I mean, look, this is as bad as it's going to get for Joe Biden. You know, Republicans are probably going to wind up wishing they had saved the worst of this immigration scare for the summer or the fall. Uh, This is not going to sustain. And if Biden goes ahead and does some draconian measures, which is what a Democrat president would normally do in this position, Bob, let's be honest. Democrat president would try to go for the moderates in the middle by being as cruel to the marginalized as possible and pissing off the liberals. I mean, it's just it's always been the playbook in my lifetime. Biden can have this issue well behind him. I mean, the GOP has given up on Hunter Biden. They've given up on the Biden crime family meme, and they sure have given up on attacking the guy for uh, inflation and gas prices. Like, what do these poor bastards have left? They don't have any issues that'll help working people, so they got to do this. Yeah, I I watched some video of uh, some member of Congress, a Republican whose name is slipping my mind right now, but he was he was saying on the in this video that was popping up on Twitter today that Joe Biden should just sign an executive order to do what he needs to do about immigration, do what he needs to do about the border. Yeah, hear that a lot. And 
Well, a couple of things about that. First of all, is Greg Abbott going to pay attention to the executive order? He's ignoring the Supreme Court right now. So an executive order would be almost entirely useless. Plus, any executive order that passes, anyone who knows anything about government knows that executive orders are fleeting. They tend to come and go very easily because the next president can subsequently just overwrite that executive order, repeal it and, and put something else in its place or not do anything at all. And so yeah. an executive order is almost the least you can do without doing nothing as far as presidential actions goes. You wanted but a also, piece Bob, of legislation that's solid. You're, you're right. But but also, isn't it clear that that I mean, no president has ever ended all border traffic ever. I mean, right. all Joe Biden could do with an executive order would be to shut down legal asylum seeking. Joe yeah. Biden does not have the power to shut down illegals. And that's the language that the Democrats are not using. Republicans are still making this all about illegals, their favorite little racist slur. Never heard him call a white lawbreaker an illegal in my life. But all the president would have the power to do would be to shut down the legal kind, the folks who come here, apply for asylum and wait for their hearing. Yeah, well, uh, that's something that I mean, he may still shut down the border. I mean, that may still be something that uh, is in the offing between now and then. I, I don't know that he's going to do it. I think he's got what he wants. In fact, I think hey, I'd almost be surprised if I heard or I wouldn't be surprised at all. Let me let me backtrack. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this turned out to be some sort of three layer chess by the Democrats getting the Republicans up to the point where they then back away from an immigration deal so that the Democrats can use this in an election year like they baited the Republicans into going into a bipartisan thing. Just knowing that Donald Trump would yank the rug out of the whole thing and uh, and then the the deal would fail. And then the Democrats could say, yeah, hey, look, we were trying to do this thing. And Donald Trump said, no, uh, where's the crisis? As you were saying, where's the crisis in all of this? And I think that will uh, I mean, there's the possibility that, that ends up uh, checkmating or not checkmating Donald Trump on the border, but at least muting a lot of the screeching that is occurring about the border right now. I think you're exactly right. You know, I I want to go back to simpler times, Bob, back when <laughs> Donald Trump was ordered by a jury of his peers to pay $83 million to E. Jean Carroll because they reviewed all the evidence and decided yeah. these eight people, these nine jurors decided that's what she was due for the stuff Trump had given her. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it immensely. And I, I, last night I was invited on a certain cable news show to come talk about it with a host who wanted to really come down hard on liberals who are smug about it because E. went on Matto and was laughing about it. And I was offered to go on this show and 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 say, doesn't this help Trump having these liberals just rejoicing and, and being smug? And I thought, no, you know, I'm 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 more angry about guys who rape women and lie about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm more pissed off at people who sexually assault. Um, I think women uh, being alive at a time when women are for the first time in history of humans finally being able to take back some dignity from these mediocre men. It's incredible right. to be alive for me too. It's incredible to see that New York state had this law where Eugene Carroll could sue it. It's totally inspiring. And so, no, I, I don't think liberals are the bad guys here. And I don't know anybody who's going to vote for the rapist because they didn't like how much the rape victim was celebrating. Well, yeah. they uninvited me from the cable show. And last night I tuned in to see someone who totally agreed with the host of that show in my place. Wow. So that's the narrative that's being conveyed out there right now. I, I think incredible. it's thrilling how well E. Jean Carroll did. But what's incredible is that this is how they're going to counter it. They're going to go after the liberals and go after E. Jean for saying, oh, she's going to go shopping with the money. She told jokes on the Rachel Maddow show. It's all over the Internet. Megyn Kelly went crazy for this because E. Jean Carroll told jokes and laughed. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Leave it to the American news media to get the the complete wrong story coming out of something like this. First of all, E. Jean Carroll has been through nine levels of Dante's hell. Any joy that she had on Rachel Maddow the other night or any celebrating that she's doing is, my God, so well-deserved and well-earned. Uh, the process of going after this guy who is so toxic and has militias who are activating in his name. I, I can't even imagine the email and the snail mail and the DMs and all the rest of it, the phone calls that E. Jean Carroll gets, the, the phone calls that Roberta Kaplan and Sean Crowley have been getting from these MAGA freaks just around yeah. the clock threatening their lives i mean stuff that would turn our hair white for god's sake i mean this is uh this is immense and and this should be the focus of the story not e Jean carroll uh maybe joking about what she's going to do with the money on rachel maddow's show i mean right it's, it's insane this is a guy who uh has raped numerous women allegedly and in this case allegedly. not so allegedly it's been it's been proven in a court of law uh and then has lied about it repeatedly to the point where he couldn't stop lying about it. He lied about it so much and was so obnoxious in court, completely tossing aside decorum in a courtroom, uh, unlike anyone has ever seen. I, you know, I, I say that phrase and I hear Donald Trump saying it. It's unlike anything we have ever seen ever. But it's true. No one's behaved like Donald. Getting up and walking out during the closing arguments from the... My God. And, and the story petulant. becomes E. Jean Carroll on racial matter. That's insane. It's How dare these people do that? But this is what the mainstream media has to do, Bob. They're never going to give up chasing that Fox audience. They're never going to give up trying to be as right wing as they can get away with being because they think that's where the ratings are. They're going to keep on chasing Fox. That's yeah. it. Instead of having interesting programming, it's going to be more stuff like this. And I'm really yeah. happy for E. Jean Carroll. And I'm really happy to be alive in a time when we're seeing Americans not wait for politicians or superheroes or Jesus to bring redress of grievances, Fox News yeah. and, 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 you know, three quarters of a billion for their lies about Smartmatic. Alex Jones, a billion for his lies. Rudy Giuliani, over a hundred million for his lies. And now E. Jean mm -hmm. Carroll. This stuff makes me feel proud to be an American. Yeah, I mean, the mountain of malfeasance coming from that side is just absolutely incredible. I mean, it's unprecedented. Talk about something that hasn't happened ever in this country, where you have a guy running for president who has done all of these horrendous things, has been proven to have done these things, in some cases has confessed that he's done these things. And yet we still find a way in this country to say, well, the other guys, well, Joe Biden, well, Hunter Biden, something, something, something. <laughs> And turn it into this media circus that we lose the point and stuff falls by the wayside. We forget yeah. the, some of these atrocious uh, things that uh, Donald Trump and the people working in Donald Trump's name have been doing, whether it's the Red Hat Entertainment Complex all the way up to Trump himself. I mean, the fact that this isn't getting the kind of attention it should get is partly because there's all this bullshit thrown into the works as well. I mean, they could yeah. cover. I, I, I've always been complaining about the fact that uh, Donald Trump is taking advantage of the fact that the news media can't cover all of his crap. He's flooding the zone, and yeah. therefore 90% of what he does gets entirely lost and forgotten in the process. Well, the, 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 I mean, the media, his followers consume, won't report all the crap deliberately. 
I mean, right, right. Trump supporters are so misinformed because the news they consume does not tell them things Trump doesn't want them to know. Right. Well, if they stopped focusing on the ridiculous non-stories like E. Jean Carroll's reaction on Rachel show, they might actually be able to cover more of Donald Trump's crimes and some of the awful stuff that he's done. I mean, I was talking with uh, uh, prosecutor and author Tristan Snell today on my show. Yes. And we were discussing the fact that Trump may have lied in his April deposition last year about his liquid assets. And it's just it's one of those things that just gets, well, you know, it's just another Trump thing. He, he said he's got 400 million in cash laying around. He was maybe lying about that some like he exaggerates and lies about everything that he ever does and doesn't do. And so it's like, well, of course, we're not going to be able to focus on something like that, like perjury. I mean, you know, that was for Clinton. I mean, we, yeah. we were talking about perjury when it was normal times and Bill Clinton. Now perjury is just like it's like the I don't know, like the serial part of Lucky Charms. No one cares about it. Everyone wants the marshmallow. You know, and I guess I've been kind of unfair, Bob, because I, I I'm really I'm judgmental towards Republicans and I'm trying to be better. I spent some time with Bill Bradley today and I'm <laughs> I'm trying to be more open hearted. I'm trying to to see them more as humans and to recognize that I'm 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 unfairly targeting them as not having any policies that'll help non-millionaires. That's my whole thing. I, I always say right. if they had any policies that would help non-millionaires, they'd talk about it and they don't. But that's ignoring the fact that they are standing up for every man, woman, and child of every race and background in this country <laughs> by having vague, <laughs> shitty things to say about Taylor Swift. And honestly, they they've they've really ah. risen to the challenge, Bob. I, I cannot yeah. endorse the Republican war on Taylor Swift more, and I pray that they become more vicious every day in their attacks on her. And I hope that war leads to a wider regional war against her and Beyonce. That is my wish yeah. for the Republican Party this year. Um, <laughs> what are we going to do about this? It's it's kind of beautiful. I have a theory that the Republicans will realize how stupid they are and back off from Taylor bashing by Friday. What do you mm -hmm. think? Well, I mean, for God's sake, going after one of the most popular people in the entire world, one of the most famous people in the entire world. This is a this is an argument they're going to lose. They cannot win. And the other thing is, I'm, I'm noticing that they're that they're just now noticing the fact that a lot of people in the arts tend to select tend to support Democrats. This is just something that they've maybe not seen for the last 50 years that mm -hmm. like famous musicians tend to support Democratic presidents and not necessarily the conservative ones, the Republican ones. I mean, see also, you know, whether it was Fleetwood Mac and Bill, Bill Clinton or uh, what right. Frank Sinatra and JFK or uh, Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama. I mean, this That's is something right. that happens all the time. In fact, I've been thinking about this for quite a while, John, the fact that they have to that Republicans have to go around with the knowledge that most of the people in pop culture and music and entertainment are people who don't share their values. And I wonder oh, yeah. what that does. I wonder if they feel resentment or, uh, I don't know, grievances about something like that. I wonder if that upsets them. And and here uh, we're seeing these people. Come to ahead. <laughs> they yeah. think Donald Trump shares their values, Bob. <laughs> Yeah, that's goddamn the the broken they, bullshit detector. That's a whole other whole other uh, aspect he's, of all he of speak, this. He speaks for me, Bob. He he understands what it's like <laughs> to be me, and he knows what I need to have a better life as a 
member right. of what used to be the middle class. Oh my God. All right. So, so yeah, I got yeah. one last thing I got to ask you, Mr. Sesco, while you're okay. here, uh, Donald Trump's cognitive exam, you know, to me, hmm. bragging about acing a dementia exam is just a really nice way of telling the rest of us, the people around you made you take a dementia exam. What That's do you make of this? I think he should brag about it all the time. I think he should brag yeah. about, you know, how, how well, how well he did on the toilet today. I think he should brag about everything rudimentary mm-hmm. he does. Yeah, well, this is one of my favorite things that he does because he doesn't know how to leave something alone. He just reintroduces all of his worst shit back into the conversation all the goddamn time. I mean, there's a well-worn line that most, at least presidential administrations, often repeat, which is it's not the policy of this administration to comment on an ongoing investigation. This is something we've heard so many times. Because there's a reason for it, because they don't want to contribute to they don't want to focus a Klieg light on the scandal. They're, so they're just, well, right. we're not going to comment on that. And and people move on. It's a, a well-worn and popular and effective strategy. Donald Trump, on the other hand, can't stop talking about it. he can't shut the fuck up about this cognitive <laughs> exam that he took four years ago or whatever it was. And right. and 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 even right at and right after he took the cognitive test, he forgot what was on the cognitive test. And so That's right. now, several years later, he's forgotten even more of it to the point where he's just making shit up that was on the cog. I mean, something that you can download and look at on the Internet anytime you want. You can go and check it out. You can prepare for it if you want by seeing what the uh, <laughs> uh, questions are. And and one of the things that this is the part that cracked me up the most, because he was talking about it at one of his rallies over the weekend. And he said that one of the questions, which is not on the cognitive exam, he said it was, but it's not, was a math equation. And the math equation, I wrote it down because it's so insane. He said the math equation was 4,733 times seven. And and you can, those of you listening at home can like do this in your head because Donald Trump clearly could. 4,733 times seven divided by four plus 37 and a half. And then he said, and a half point five. And he was able to do that without, and he added, without the aid of pen or paper. So wow, Donald he Trump could remember cotton. and a half. He, he could remember and a half point five without having a piece of paper in front of him. <laughs> yes. Yes. And also, if you if you throw down a box of matches, he can count all the he knows how many matches are on the floor. He can just he well, just I, knows those things. <laughs> and don't get him started is- with counting cards in Vegas. Bob, you are the best at what you do. What is the best way for our evil army tonight to follow you, sir, and keep up with all your doings? Uh, search for The Bob Seska Show wherever you get your podcasts and also at Patreon, patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Remember, when your kid asks you, what did you do in the Taylor Swift Wars, daddy? You'd be glad you never had a kid when Donald Trump was president because Jesus Christ, Bob. Oh, worst choice I ever had. Thank you so much for joining us, good sir. We'll be right back you after a quick break to take your calls at 866-997-4748. This is Progress. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. I want to talk about the Christians right now because it is time once again for the God Squad, the most dangerous team of theologians in modern broadcasting. Every week I am blessed to have these three super souls here to call out the hypocrites and the flock-fleecing Pharisee frauds. And today we're going to talk a little bit about this concept of biblical literalism. You know, your right-wing uncle, your your aunt dead inside, how, how they always will say, well, I believe every word of the Bible is absolute literal fact. When you have a right-wing person say that they follow every word of the Bible, you know two things. One, that person's lying, and you know two, that person's never read the Bible. Do they literally believe that Moses could make the sun stand still when the sun doesn't move? That long hair gave a guy superhuman strength, that a star will lead men across the desert to find a baby in a barn? Well, that's the thing, right? There's faith, and then there's the opposite of faith, which is certainty. And these crazy Christians have got to be called out. We are blessed to welcome back to the show Keith Giles, the former pastor who left the pulpit to follow Jesus and start a house church where no one takes a salary and 100% of all offerings are given to help the poor in the community. Keith's written a lot of terrific books, including Jesus Untangled, Crucifying Our Politics, The Pledge Allegiance to the Lamb. He's the co-host of the Heretic Happy Hour podcast and the co-owner of Choir Publishing. Welcome back, Keith. Thank you, John. It is so great to be back, and I cannot wait to jump into this uh this uh, version of or this episode or whatever segment of the God Squad. Well, we are, we are playing batshit Bible moments tonight, and I'm glad <laughs> yes. you're here for it. Uh, pastor yeah, December Rose Waddleton's an author, a poet, a spoken word artist, uh, former pastor of the Restoration Center in Greenville, South Carolina, and the Rock Worship Center in West Union, South Carolina. She is also the author of the book, The Church Can Go to Hell. She did not come here to play. Pastor Rose, it's great <laughs> to see you. Welcome back. Hey, boo. Thank you for having us back. I am also excited. We're going to have a good time I, tonight. I was excited to play batshit Bible stories with you, but I'm, I've am i been elevated to boo, so my week has already peaked. It's all downhill from here. And finally, <laughs> at, but not least, let me welcome the brilliant Dylan Cruz, who's a writer, a theologian, uh, a permaculture enthusiast. Dylan holds a BA in history uh, from Miller's University and a master's degree in religion from Lancaster Theological Seminary. His book, Theological Musings, Volume 1, is a terrific and thought-provoking collection of essays I recommend very highly. Dylan Welcome. It's great to see you. Hello to the evil army of the night. <laughs> well, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, guys, last week we talked about it. We talked about all the different batshit Bible moments and, and, and what's your favorite. And I, I think it's important to say off the bat, uh, as excited as I'm about doing this, we are not doing this in any way to denigrate faith. We are not doing this to denigrate belief or religion or God or Jesus. We are doing this to mock hypocrites. We are doing this to mock fundamentalists. We are doing this to mock the very people Jesus warned us about, the ones who are all talk and no action. Um, Biblical literalism is a, a fascinating topic to me because I meet people all the time who claim they follow all of it. And I've got to ask, well, do you do you execute your children when they are disrespectful? Do you kill kids who are gluttonous or drunk? You know, they all want to hate the gay men because of Leviticus, but no one wants to stone them to death like Leviticus promises. And I think this is really, really great because if you're a Christian, 
I think you're supposed to follow the teachings of Christ, the Christ character in the book. But these right wing people, you know, they never quote Jesus. They quote every other story in the Bible. So let's talk about a few of the wacky stories in the Bible that no one follows and they can't pretend to. Let's do it. So let's play it. Batshit Bible verses. I mean, I mean, we could talk about the border. We'll get to that. But I'm dying to hear from you guys. You are number three choice because I had a very hard time making this list, friends. I, there's so much to choose from. So much crazy, so much rape, so many slaves, so much bigotry, so much hurt. I think this is a healthy exercise. Let's begin, Pastor Rose, with you. What is What makes your number three for the batshit Bible moments of all time? My number three is in Judges 19, 22 through 30. And in this very weird situation, uh, Levite, some people come to the door they want to basically have sex with the guests that are at the house. He says, yep. no, 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 no. You could have my virgin daughter and this guy's concubine. <laughs> yep. So they weren't going for it at first. So he sends out the concubine and the scripture literally says that they knew her and abused her all night long. That's okay? right. So they raped her all night. And when the same came up, they let her go. She's crossed to the door and lays her at the door too weak to even knock her going. They come out, find her there, and I'm going to make a long story very short because we have so much fun here. The time goes by so fast. The end of the story is the guy brings her in. You would think he would comfort her, clean her up or something. You know, I don't know why we would think that he sent her out there to be raped in the first place. But he brings her in and hacks her into 12 pieces. Hacks her into 12 pieces. <laughs> he cuts her up yep. into 12 pieces and sends her body parts throughout the territory of mm. Israel. 12 tribes of Israel get a different body part of this young woman. Yeah. I've never heard a preacher preach on this because they probably stay so far away from it because it's so freaking ridiculous. It is so dark. This story, I, 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 I this was on my list. And it, I, I'm, if this is your number three, Pastor Rose, I'm horrified what your number one is. <laughs> because this is the most, my number one. But this I think this is the, this could be the most depraved story in the entire Bible. This guy brings this girl and they, they, the term they used to describe her was Nara, which refers to a girl likely between 12 and 14, right after puberty. Mm -hmm. And she was considered a, a, a prostitute, probably not a wife. Um, she didn't have she was a concubine with the status of a slave. And um, yeah, it's it seems like a replay of the lot story in Sodom and Gomorrah where the yes. mobs outside. Mm -hmm. They want to rape a guy inside. They say, hey, take my virgin daughter. And in this case, they throw out the concubine. She's murdered. And then I think after he sends the 12 body parts, it leads to a war. I mean, it's just a story about how everybody's garbage and the world is is crap. Mm -hmm. it's wild and then this is a reoccurring thing in the scripture too about how women are used and traded and you know what i'm saying yep. who i can't yep. imagine giving my daughter but that the, the, it makes sense that most churches are plagued with toxic patriarchy when you look at things in yep. the bible yeah women weren't considered people back then i mean keith Sorry. and dylan i do you have any comments on on judges 19 because I, to me i was i was wondering which one of you would choose it it is maybe yeah. the most fucked up story in the whole bible it's pretty it's brutal. Yes, it is. And I, I was thinking the same thing you were saying, John, when, when that was her number three. I'm like, dear God, what is number one? Yeah. <laughs> that probably should have been my number one. <laughs> this is like a whole snuff film story, this. Yeah. 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 Well, Keith, Keith, what made your number three? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, everybody I say buckle up because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy. If, if anyone tried to film the Bible, it would be a porno. I mean, it's a freaky book. There's a lot of crazy stuff. My number three uh, comes in Ezekiel 2320. 
Um, and it's when God, according to Ezekiel, God says that Israel is like a woman um, lusting after other gods um, who are like men with genitals like a donkey and emissions like a horse. Bum chicka wow wow. Mm. Yeah. Emissions, <laughs> genitals like a donkey and emissions like a horse. You know, I yeah. first read that when I was a teenager. Like, and I just, that, so many thoughts, you know, I mean, I mean yeah. it's hung like a donkey, but emissions like a horse. It's a very important <laughs> equine distinction they're making there. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I've always been. Madonna is speechless. Really says a lot more about the writer, doesn't it? I want to know doesn't who wrote it? that Bible passage. Ask if they were going through something back. What kind of porn were you watching exactly? Right. I mean, Sound they didn't have porn. Up. They they, yeah, there was no poor. They were hanging out at the stables, writing down what they <laughs> popped in their mind. That's right. <laughs> oh, Dylan, yeah, you have got a you your your number three has got a top donkey penises and chopping up a concubine. Well, this is um, this is something that I wrote about in in volume two of theological musings, which will come out later in the summer. But uh, in the in the book of Ruth, which was written in the post-exilic period when there was a lot of pushback against marrying foreigners, particularly yes. Moabites. So somebody wrote a story about a Moabite woman who is good to go with God and Israel and all that stuff. She's a widow and widows were very marginalized in that world. Um, she was not subject to leveret marriage because she was a Moabite and not an Israelite. But somehow she ends up in a barn with Boaz dressed in her mm -hmm. finest Mm -hmm. And the text says that she uncovered his foot. And lo and behold, foot was a euphemism for penis multiple yes. times oh. in the Hebrew Bible. Not so, to brag, but yes. Not to brag. <laughs> um, but so when she uncovered his foot and then laid with him for the rest of the night, they suddenly get married right after. Yeah. So basically, Ruth used her sexuality, waited till Boaz got drunk, and then date raped him in a barn <laughs> and got six six measures of barley for her um effort yeah <laughs> yeah and, and this is not a this is not not everybody believes that that's how it reads or that that's what it means but there are plenty of biblical scholars we covered this when i was in seminary and the story makes a hell of a lot more sense to me when i read it in that way yeah, fascinating it, or Go it was ahead. one hell of a foot massage <laughs> Listen, as as, as only woman on this panel back then. That's right. Pat, as Pat only Rose. woman on this panel who's been married three times, I can promise you that Boaz didn't feel like he was being raped. I promise you that he was blessed <laughs> and unbothered. I can tell you, he was probably like, "Proceed with thine quest." <laughs> it's it's also fascinating to me because the the Book of Ruth is like I, one of the most quoted verses. Uh, of the Bible at weddings, yes. whether thou goest, go I, and it's between two women. And yes. most of the people who quote it have no idea. No idea. It's That's two right. women talking. And I've heard it at so many heterosexual weddings. That's right. Yeah. That's the irony. Actually, the Bible only talks like has that kind of romantic language, ironically, not between like heterosexual married couples, but only only twice you find that kind of like a romantic language right there, like you're talking about between uh, Ruth and Naomi, two women, mm -hmm. and also between Jonathan and David. I knew you were going there, bro. That's yeah. right. They That's loved it. each yeah. other with a love surpassing man and wife. That's right. <laughs> you don't have None people of, send you hate mail. Yeah. None of these people <laughs> have read this book. 
none of these right wingers have read this book. That's right. Mm. Mm. We are at 866-997-4748. We invite you to call up and share what gets your vote for the most batshit Bible verse. We'd love to know what makes your top three. 866-997-4748. I want to go to your number twos, if that's okay. Um, And... uh, Let's start with you, Dylan. What what made your uh, your number two most disturbing, crazy, batshit Bible verse? Well, it's oh, not, I should it's give. Not my, I'm so sorry. Disturbing. I should give mine. I should give mine. I didn't get mine. Yes. So sorry. Yeah. You get to play. You get to play. Look at me. Oh, I'm totally playing. I was up all night thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> Second uh, Second Kings two uh, chapter two twenty three. When he he went up from there to Bethel as he was going along the way, some young boys came out from the city and began to jeer at him, yelling, "Go up, you bald head! Go up, you bald head!" Finally, he turned and looked at them and cursed them in the name of Jehovah. Then two she-bears came out of the forest and tore 42 of the children to pieces. <laughs> this story as a kid blew my mind. Two bears, God six, two bears on kids. And these two bears kill 42 kids because they made fun of a guy for being bald. And as a kid, Was what disturbed Donald me the most... <laughs> what disturbed me the most is... like like. How did he, let's let's assume God is crazy and sends two bears to kill these kids. How on earth can two bears kill 42 children? I spent months of my childhood thinking about this. The kids run in multiple directions. How are the bears supposed to catch 40, 42 kids and no sword wielding centurions around? I mean, like the bears eating the kids is the least bizarre part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, it's true. like where they it feels like the kids were kind of like they must have been in a barrel or something or <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they all fell in a trapped. pit with the two bears. But I mean, I this know. is on the side of a mountain. I don't understand. I spent months as a kid because when I was a kid, I wanted to believe every word was true. And I tried to think, how could were the kids all standing in a row? Were they tied to get 42 yeah. kids? Two the bears. The question, too, is um is our is the god that we claim is almighty and all powerful the omnipotent the alpha and the omega is he that concerned with your feelings that he would kill 42 children that he created yeah that's it i don't think so it sounds like a guy who was uncomfortable with his baldness wrote this story yes yeah he got a complex and he put god in it that's something he wished god would do right dylan let me go let me move on to round two now again and have you begin with your second most fucked up verse well it's, it's to, to me it's not it's not fucked up at all but and, and keith segued it the love of jonathan and david and yes. when when we were studying this in in seminary it was brought up that they were potentially you know lovers and so i posited the question on twitter and a rabbi said that the first samuel 18 <laughs> story of them would have been recognized as a wedding because mm. there was a gift, a vow, and a blessing. Yep. And he said the people in ancient uh, Israel would have re- read that and go, oh, yeah, wedding. Because there was the covenant that they made. Um, his soul was, they were, their souls were bond to get, bonded together. Right. Then there was a little bit of a striptease with the removing of the, the robe and the armor and laying it all at his feet. Later in First Samuel, they meet in secret and Saul is trying to kill David because he's jealous and they start kissing. And, um, and then in second Samuel went after uh, Jonathan and David have died. It says, I loved you more than the love of a woman. All of that adds up to a pretty homoerotic 
kind yep. of story yep. of two yep. buff killer dudes who were in love. Yeah. And clearly and clearly David was bisexual because he married Jonathan's sister and then he raped Bathsheba, uh, which a lot you know, of fundamentalists don't agree he's with. Still a, but he's still a guy, Dylan. He's still he's still a guy, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible and it's a great example. It's a it's a, you know, a verse that shows God giving sanction to same gender love. And and the fucked up There's part no lies way in to look at it. The way it's perver- how it's been perversely interpreted, uh, Pastor Rose, you want to jump in on that? I I, I think it's well, is it the word I'm looking for? Subjective or objective? Probably. Please, subjective. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's yeah, I think it's subjective. I think it's certainly some pretty strong circumstantial evidence, but I'm not sure it's completely. I'm not sure. I, I, Please, I'm not sure yeah, the nail is in the coffin for me. I, I, I love this debate. <laughs> Only because to me, it's not. Com- it's not so. What's the word I want to explicit? Mm-hmm. It, it, it to me it touches on it, but it doesn't just flat out just come out there and say so. But it, right. it is what it is. I don't yeah. uh, homosexuality isn't anything new. Every all over exactly. the Bible and some of the scriptures we've given have been men knocking on the door trying to get to have some sex with some other guys. Ain't nothing mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. I refuse to believe that word that, that homosexuality in the church as far as being able to believe a believer in God and a believer in Christ and be homosexual or bisexual is a new thing. I, I don't, that cannot be a new thing. Yeah. No, that cannot I mean, be I don't think, I, and I, don't I, think and I refuse to believe that God's grace stops at the door of homosexuality Thank or you. stops at the door of bisexuality. It goes to the alcoholic. It goes to the drug addict. It goes here. It goes there. It goes everywhere, but it stops at the gate of, I refuse to believe that God's grace is that limited so i completely the, agree the very best whether it's subjective objective or circumstantial i believe god's grace is sufficient amen dylan best preacher i've ever heard in my life flamboyantly gay the dean of my seminary was his husband mm. wow yeah and they were open wow. fantastic yeah yeah the ucc is an open and affirming congregation yeah the Catholics, not so much, but oh boy, the choir's there. Um, Keith, what what made number two for you on your list? Yeah, number two for me, um, we already kind of mentioned also um, this guy Lot, which is so ironic oh. to me because Lot... Um, Love this story. Lot, Lot is supposedly the only righteous, godly man, right, in Sodom and Gomorrah, and the angels That's come right. and take him and his family. And this quote-unquote righteous man... Um, first, right, he's he's offering to send his daughters out to this mob that wants to rape the, the Don't angels. rape the angels. Please come rape my daughter. I'm the sure, heterosexual yeah. hero of this story. Sure. Yeah. What a what a great godly man Lot was. So what a uh, guy. that's not that's not the one that made my number two, because it's what happens after that. So after oh. the destruction, after his his wife is turned to salt, after all that pillar his wife's turned to a pillar of salt, and you think they've got right. away. What could go wrong now? So in Genesis nineteen thirty five, after all that happens, it says that Lot's two daughters um, get him drunk so that they, and they have sex with him, um, so that they can get pregnant and they both get pregnant from Lot. So again, that's why I was saying at the beginning, uh, the Bible is kind of a freaky book. If you ever try to film the Bible, it would be rated you couldn't X. Couldn't do it. Yeah. No. Totally. Couldn't do it. Maybe NC-17, however far you yeah. go. Yeah, living in a cave with his two daughters and they thought the yes. world was ending, so they got to make more people. And I mean, in fairness to Lot, they got him drunk. They did. Uh, he didn't. Yes. He didn't know he was having sex with his daughter, and it was two really nights in a row. The, the older daughter went the first night. The second daughter yeah. <laughs> went in That's the right. second night for some. So yeah. yeah. And the moral of that story is: gays are bad. 
but, they, right. but this is the same story they use to try to demonize gay people. And it's about heterosexual people being horrible people. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pastor Rose, before we get to the break, what is your number two most disturbing and batshit Bible verse? Uh, Genesis 38. There's this guy over there named Judah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love this he, story. His sons <laughs> are apparently trash, right? So he, oh, yeah. he has a son named Ur, and the Bible Ur. doesn't say anything except for he was wicked in the sight of the Lord, wicked. and the Lord killed him. Okay. My so name is Ur. Garbage for whatever yes, reason. he was just God. God that's Ur. how God solves his problems. Yes. Yes. But yes. Ur had a young Ur had a Ur <laughs> had a wife. Ur had a wife. Her name was Tamar. And so, apparently, uh, Judah told uh, Ur's brother, "Go into your wife and marry her and raise up an heir to your brother." Apparently, this is common in that culture. Or whatever. This was the, the law. This is you got to oh. continue your brother's bloodline. Right. So That's you have to get brother. your brother's. Go, go and go get Tamar. Help a brother out. God's not. God, you know? Ur's not even cold yet. Ur's not cold <laughs> yet. And he's saying, yeah. go in and knock up his grieving widow so the bloodline continues. And Onan, That's right. Onan didn't feel right about that, right, Pastor Rose? Onan didn't feel right about uh, it. Well, he felt right about he felt right about getting some cootie cat, but he didn't feel right about leaving the seed in there. That's yeah. exactly so right. That, By the end of it, he he went all the way up to the place of the mountaintop and then shot a seed out over his shoulders, whatever. Yeah. Yes. And the it's Lord was like, yeah, the yeah. Lord was like, you just wicked like your brother and took his life, right? God likes to so watch, that's two yeah. Strikes. But this story, but, 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 but this story is so fucked up because this is the story that they've used to say that be, being gay is a sin and birth control is a sin and masturbation. We got the term onanism from this guy. He didn't even do it. Imagine having that named after you when you didn't even do it. And you didn't even do it. You didn't even do. It. <laughs> that's that's a real curse. I, I imagine it wasn't so much that he spilled his seed; it was the content of his heart that he got killed for. He disobeyed a direct order. He disobeyed he a direct disobeyed order from a God. Direct order. It yes. wasn't the and spilling the, seed. The more than disobeying it, it, it was that he acted like he was going. I think one of y'all's. He acted like he was going to follow it and didn't. He that's right. He was being deceptive. You know. That's anyways, right. the, 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 what I'm getting at is, but then this, this poor girl Tamar. Yes. <laughs> the father is like, I'm sorry that happened. Wait till my other son gets grown, and then I will marry you to my other son. I don't know why she just didn't cut this whole family off and be like. Fuck y'all, all of y'all, her, owning you, and the horse y'all bitches rode in on. I don't want nothing to do with y'all. Mm -hmm. But she didn't. She was like, okay, I'm going to hang out because you know. Women didn't have options. Women didn't have that option back then. They didn't. Two husbands in, what what is she going to do? Right? So she's hanging around, waiting, waiting, waiting. Boy get grown. He don't do it. So his wife died, him being Judah. He go up to be comforted, you know, whatever they doing. So she's like, he coming. Somebody told her he was coming. She takes off her widow clothes, puts on the clothes of harlotry. That's right. It's knocked up by him. There's a whole lot. This should be a movie. What you say? If they people made a movie, this should be a movie right here. Yeah. It's crazy. It's knocked up by him. And okay, I don't have time to get through all of it, but he 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 finds out that he fathered a child by his daughter. Widowed daughter-in-law. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> Yeah, and he had to admit that he had done her wrong. He's like, she was more yep. righteous than me because I was supposed to give her to my son, and I didn't. And now, okay, okay, he cop deuces. He's like, right, she she got me. She got one. And to wrong. this day, <laughs> that is the story they use to oppose birth control. Right now, that's in bonkers. this century, that's the story. How do you even get that he out of that? He spilled his seed on the ground. No baby. So that's the story they've used for thousands of years to make mm -hmm. thousands of people feel shame over right. masturbation, 
over same-sex relations and over birth control. And, and it's got and I don't understand do the shame over masturbation. If God didn't want you to touch it, he wouldn't have made it accessible to you. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I mean, he know the pressure be rising up and ain't nobody around to relieve it. You think no, I Pastor didn't know Rose, that? Pastor Rose, how are mediocre men supposed to control populations, Pastor Rose? Shame's all they got. Come on, fear and shame. <laughs> Look, they better get some game. They better find um, proof somebody pull up on them in the night. Mm-hmm. Well, before we go to break, I'll Uncover just give my number... Foot. My number two really quick is Tower of Babel. I love that God was uh, really terrified that humans could build a tower to heaven without oxygen tanks or pressurized flight suits. God, God, God's all knowing. He must have known something we didn't. We got to take our first break. We all stick around. I want to hear what is your yes, top sir, batshit Bible moment. This is guaranteed to upset your racist uncle back at home. We'll be right back with the God Squad on Sirius XM. <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. And we are talking about having the genitals of donkeys and the emissions of horses while sleeping with both of your daughters and being mauled by bears. This is the God Squad. We are talking with Dylan Cruz, December Rose Waddleton, and Keith Giles. Every Wednesday, we are blessed in the most satanic of ways to have these three brilliant progressive theologians here to talk about fundamentalism and right-wing Christo-fascist nonsense. But today, we are talking about the most batshit moments in the Bible we all know and respect and love, because every now and then you need to remind yourself how crazy it is and that these right-wingers who claim to follow every word of the Bible have probably never read it. I've had a blast so far. The, uh, I know these stories, but you guys know them much better than me. Uh, we have come to the moment where we can finally talk about your number one most crazy batshit Bible moment. And uh, let me start with you, Keith. What, what, what makes your number one? This is the one that really gives me sympathy for this prophet Ezekiel. Uh, I really feel like Ezekiel, <laughs> when it comes to prophets, he drew the short end of the stick. Because um, Ezekiel, in chapter four, um, God speaks to Ezekiel and he asks him to do some really batshit crazy things. Um, And the craziest thing is he says, God tells Ezekiel to lay on his side for 390 days. So again, over a year, he has to lay Uh on his side. Um, And uh, God gives him all these specific instructions. And and the last thing God tells him is that lying on his side for 390 days, he has to cook food on a little campfire in front of him and eat the food, making bread and a loaf of barley um, but using his own shit as fuel mm. for the fire. Um, <laughs> that's the moment where you can just see, it's not in the text, but I can just see Ezekiel going, uh, what was that? 
Uh, are you sure? Come you on. shall eat it as a barley cake, baking it in their sight on human dung. Yes. Yeah. And what's funny is there's actually a brand of bread called Ezekiel 4-9 bread. Oh, I know. It's great. And, and, yeah, by it's the way, Ezekiel, Ezekiel bread does not come with human dung, folks. It's highly That's recommended. Right. It's good Old Testament spelt good bread. bread. But yeah. but don't look up the reference because the reference is about bread hooked uh, on human excrement. So, yeah, yeah a little crazy. I guess... I mean, God's a fan of E. coli, I guess, right? Like, E. coli. That's all I can take from this. Ezekiel talks him out of it. This is the funny thing. Ezekiel's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a minute, God, because this is sort of like an unclean thing to do, obviously, um, for Jewish people. And so God God allows him to not use human excrement, but to use, like, you know, cattle or or something like that. Cow dung, yeah. But, yeah, it's (laughs) uh, it's still pretty gross. (laughs) So at the end of the story, God, yeah. God says you don't have to cook and eat your own human waste. You can cook and eat cow shit bread. That's good that's news. it's a it's yeah, a beautiful story. News. It's a beautiful story. The boo boo yes. bread. Yeah, God is so good. Thank you. Boo boo bread and bed sores. I don't <laughs> understand why does God make such strict rules about food and what you're allowed to eat and what foods defile yourself, and then says, "Oh yeah, by the way, uh, cook bread on your own poop, um, right. but you don't have to cook it on cow poop." What that what? Yeah, and owning I, people as property, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one that always gets me crazy. I mean, you'd think of all people in all books, the Jews would be a bit more anti-slavery. Although my understanding is, y'all are the professionals here, a lot of these translations that say slavery refer to the time to indentured servitude, when somebody worked as a servant to pay off a debt. Is that fair to say? I've always had a hard time understanding why the Jews would be pro-slavery after Egypt. Well, that, that is an issue. Go ahead, go ahead, Dylan. Go ahead, Dylan. Well, the, there are some translations that say servant. There are multiple contexts for that in the ancient Near East and in Rome and in, in you know Greek Greco Roman culture. Slavery was a, was definitely a thing, and it wasn't necessarily indentured servitude, but people could buy their freedom. And mm-hmm. the the important thing was that it was not race based slavery. Mm-hmm. And yes, slaves right. could be upwardly mobile to a certain extent in the Greco-Roman world. It's a great point. And one of my great professors point. said that I really wish Jesus had said something to denounce slavery, but he just never yeah. does. Yeah, I, 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 I got to say, yeah. I, I, I think do unto others as you'd have them do unto you kind of covers a lot of human atrocities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, myself. Oh, yeah, certainly. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I want to say something about that, too, about the slavery thing, because it, it is really ironic and a little bit sad um, you know, when you, when you do, you read that the, the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, um, before they're a nation, right? They're slaves in Egypt. Um, Moses comes, let my people go, that whole story, right? We've seen the, the movie with Charlton Heston. They're taken to the promised land. And then when they're finally in the promised land, and now, now they become a nation, um, and then David, of course, decides to build a temple. His son Solomon finishes the temple. The, the really sad and ironic thing is that passage mentions that the temple, the first temple built by Solomon, was built by slaves. And That's it's right. um, it's a really sad and ironic thing because, you know, again, this is their God is supposed to be the God that listens to slaves, that, that cares for the little guy, right? He's championing right. slaves. Um, he rescues them. He brings them to their own land. And then when they build the temple to this same God, to honor this God, they use slaves to do it. And uh, Rob Bell mentions that doing something like that, you know, that kind of blind spot that they seem to have about that issue, it's it's very similar. Like if you could imagine a nation of immigrants mm-hmm. who, you know, 
they they immigrate, they come to this land, they start this nation, and then they suddenly have this attitude about immigrants, or they want to keep immigrants yeah, out. Of course. Right? It's a very similar thing. Of course, on stolen the land, no less. That's right, uh, of course. Yes. Dylan, what, what made your number one most batshit Bible moment? Well, this was kind of inspired by the book that I'm reading right now uh, by Dr. Kevin Cruz uh, from Princeton University, One Nation Under God, How Corporate America Created Christian America. And that, mm -hmm. that book's about Christian libertarianism and conflating capitalism with Christianity and free enterprise with freedom. So in, in the book of Acts, in the early chapters, it describes very clearly that the early church was communal. That yes. they lived communally, that they their their housing every they didn't have private property anymore mm -hmm. because they were this new movement, the movement of the way. Yeah. And in chapter chapter five, though, it tells about Ananias and Sapphira, who they sold a piece of land like a lot of other people did, but mm -hmm. instead of throwing all the money into the community, they held some back. And then Ananias comes in and Peter's like, yo, dude, um, what you lying to God for? And he's like, huh? Boom, drops dead. Wow. Then his wife comes in a few minutes later and she repeats the lie. She's like, yeah, we sold it for this much. And Peter's like, no, you didn't. And she drops dead. <laughs> so two people refuse to live communally, refuse to redistribute the wealth all their wealth. The GOP, they, they, they redistributed part of their wealth, but not all of it. Yeah, not all of their wealth. So GOP, That's take note. Great. Man. The redistribution of wealth and communal living is very, very biblical. God slaughtered two greedy people who refused to redistribute their wealth in the most Marxist book of the entire Bible, where all property is opt-in communism and there's no private mm -hmm. possessions. Yep. Yeah, crazy. Well, I can I can I say real quick about that Ananias yeah, Sapphira please. story? I have a please. I have a sort of controversial theory that I don't think God struck those people dead, Ananias and Sapphira. I think Peter struck them dead. Yeah, um, there's a lot I mean, of really like suspicious things about the story. Like number one, after Ananias drops dead, they bury him immediately. Like Jewish mm -hmm. custom is no, you don't do that. Actually, the family if someone dies. The family has to prepare the body for burial. There's a very long ceremony and a very long process um, right. in, in Jewish mm. law. Um, but they, they skip over all of that. They bury him quickly because it says, you know, when his wife comes in, um, the mud of the feet of the men that have just buried, you know, your mm -hmm. husband walk in. And then Don't she drops in. And here's the thing, too. Then it says they buried her quickly. And here's why that's problematic is that mm. those men, again, according to Jewish law and custom, they, they're not allowed to bury a woman. A woman can only prepare another woman's body for burial. It's not It's not allowed for a man to prepare the body of a woman for burial. So there's a lot of things going on there. Um, and it's also interesting to me that you go from Acts 2 where it says, you know, that, that thing about all the love, everyone had such great love for one another. They sold everything together, had all things in common. And there was such great love and God was adding to them daily. People were just flocking to them. But after this happens, it says the great fear filled the land and, and no one dared to join them. So it's mm. actually the reverse of what happened at the beginning of Acts 2. Mm. Wow, totally crazy. And again, this is right after Jesus overturns the death penalty, but then God kills two people for lying. That's why I don't think God did it. I think Peter did it and blamed <laughs> it on God. 
I think Peter did it in the study with the candlestick. We've now come to the end of the line. Uh, Pastor Rose, it comes down to you. What is your number one choice for the most Batchet Bible verse? My number one is in 1 Samuel 18, 25 to 27. Apparently, oh. uh, Saul was going to give David one of his daughters to be a wife. Michael, yes, his daughter, Michael, daughter Mike, Mike, Michael, yeah. <laughs> Not sure how you pronounce it. And he was like, well, I don't want a dowry. He sent a messenger to tell him, this show you say to David, the king does not desire any dowry, but 100 foreskins of the Philistines to take vengeance of the king's enemies. So he wants David to go, what's a foreskin? Foreskin. Let's just make that clear. Okay, yeah. off the 100 men, go yeah. cut, bring their stuff. To me, that's what I want you to do. But mm-hmm. Saul thought to make David fall by then, so he thought he was going to get killed by the Philistines. But David was on some I wish a Philistine would shit. <laughs> so David went out and he got 200 foreskins. 200. And yep. brought the 200, he killed 200 men. He brought the foreskins back and he's like, Bram, now, where's my 200 wife? Foreskins. And so did 200. And he gave, and so Saul gave Michal to be. David's wife. And to me, this is just batshit crazy. It's batshit crazy. <laughs> that bat someone first would ask for something like that. And then yes, that, that David would go out and be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to bring him 200. I got 200 foreskins for you, homie. That's and it's, again, and, it, and, it's, and it's not just the foreskin. You have to kill 100 people and then chop off the tip of their penis. And then David's yep. like, I'll tell you what, I'll go you, I'll go you one better. How about I, I kill 200? And I give 200 foreskins to your daughter. It's so nauseating. <laughs> Made a hell of a it's dress. It's so disgusting. In the book of Acts, Paul claims that God states, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. I, I don't really understand how we're supposed to follow a guy or revere a guy who has no trouble killing 200 men to remove mm-hmm. parts of their penises to buy a wife. Yeah. Pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Pretty straight And up. who also Oof. killed another woman's husband so that yep. he could take that man's wife. That's right. So but this is a man after God's own heart. And I preached on this before. So but now I'm in a I'm still in deconstruction, but I preached on this before. And it reminds me of the stance that evangelicals are taking with Trump. It's like no matter what this man do, great point. Right, he's chosen by God. It doesn't matter. Dylan, it doesn't matter Dylan, about Stormy a, Daniels. It doesn't matter yeah. about McDougal. It don't matter about he cheated on his current wife, Melania, while she was pregnant. None of that. He cheated on all his wives in the public. Yeah. This man got five children by three baby mamas. Okay. Cheating, lying, scamming folks out of their money. It doesn't matter what he does. God chose him. And mm. so we're choosing him. Yeah. And again, I say all the time, tell me which Jesus teaching conservatives fight for. And I've never gotten an honest answer yet. My, my last one's not as, as good as you guys. You guys had some sexy number ones. Mine is just uh, Deuteronomy 22. If a man meets a virgin who is not betrothed and seizes her and lies with her, meaning rape, and they are found, then the man who lay with her shall give to the father of the young woman 50 shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife because he has violated her. He may not divorce her all his days. So if you rape a woman, the punishment's going to be you get to rape her for the rest of your life. That's Deuteronomy, the part the homophobes. And there are like. some cultures who do live like who do yeah. do that. Yeah, today. They, that's yeah. to this day. 
And it's right there. I mean, I guess we shouldn't be surprised, friends. At a time when Greg Abbott is showing he thinks welcome the stranger means put razor wire in the Rio Grande, that the cruelty is the point. I mean, this is what Christianity is up against. And I'm so inspired by you guys because you do it with humor, but you keep reminding my listeners and me like what this holy book was supposed to be about. Even if you're atheist, you can use these tools to fight back against these fascists who are trying to ruin a religion and trying to wreck this country. This is what happens when people decontextualize a group of highly disparate texts from a time and a place where the entire Torah and the writings were written at a time when God was seen as a warrior God. And all of the other gods of the ancient Near East were seen as warrior gods. That's right. We don't live in that time. And that stuff was not written for the Gentile set that we all are. So So when you see that kind of ancient Near Eastern cruelty, and then you try to project it onto the 20th and 21st century, then you're going to get people like Greg Abbott or whomever. Mike Johnson doesn't welcome the stranger either, despite saying that if you want to know my views on things, just look at the Bible. Well, motherfucker, Mm. read what the Bible says literally on it. Thank you. Thank you. We, the the four of us have just handed Mike Johnson 12 Bible verses that he does not follow and cannot pretend to. And that's just for starters. Guys, thank you so much for this. I I wanted to talk about the issues of the day, but we discussed this idea last week and my God, you made me laugh. Keith, what is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with everything you do? Yeah, um, well, KeithGiles.com. That's my blog on Pathios. Um, All my books are on Amazon. I'm on all the socials and uh, December and I co-host the Heretic Happy Hour podcast together. Go check that out. Brilliant. December, how do we follow you? I am on social media as December Rose, and that is D-E-S-I-M-B-E-R. And Rose, and my book is on Amazon.com. The church can go to hell. Check it out. (laughs) Right on. I always laugh at your book title. I'm sorry. Dylan Cruz, how do we follow you? (laughs) I'm all all over social media, Dylan Neighbor Cruz. I have a blog, TattooedTheologian.com, and all of my books are also on Amazon. Guys, thank you so much. This is a great pleasure for me every week. And you guys make me smarter and you make it easier for me to pretend I'm a better person. And that means a lot. Thank you all so much. 